With more than 200 accredited courses and more than 1,000 videos, the Police One Academy is a powerful online solution that provides department training programs with features that reduce time spent on records and policy management, credential tracking, and more. It is law enforcement training made simple and effective. For more information and to get a 30-day trial, visit www.policeoneacademy.com forward slash policing matters. Hello, and thank you for clicking, and thank you for listening to Policing Matters, the Police One Podcast. I'm Doug Wiley. Hey, this is Jim Dudley. Jim, uh, DUI stands for Driving Under the Influence. It doesn't really say of alcohol. It's implied because for several decades, that was really the focus. It was alcohol, but it could be opioids. It could be um, prescription medication. It could be marijuana which is now legal in, I believe, memory serves, about half of the United States, recreational use in about half of those. Um, it is a, a new brand, and it is an um, intoxicant that can affect your physical and mental capacity. And um, you know, for right now, really, at a traffic stop, th- there really is only one way to detect marijuana. Well, the two. There's one, there's the odor. Uh, to detect impairment, and that is the field sobriety tests. Um, There is not presently, although some companies are working on a solution here, a a breathalyzer for for pot. Uh, What are are your thoughts on how to enforce traffic laws and and find violators who are under the influence of marijuana and and get them off the roads? It is a great topic for discussion. I, I recently attended the... Uh, International Association of Chiefs of Police, IACP conference uh, for DREs, drug recognition experts in Nashville. And uh, that was a big topic. Um, A lot of vendors were uh, showing off um, devices to measure uh, a preliminary screening at uh, the initial car stop to be followed up with a a blood draw. Mm -hmm. Uh, But these these, uh, meters... Uh, either usually an oral swab or um, or saliva spit into a tube um, gave a measurement of nanograms of THC, the active psycho um, ingredient in marijuana, uh, at anywhere from five, one to five nanograms um, per milliliter of blood uh, to determine the uh, level of intoxication, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, only two states, despite uh, several states, more than a dozen states legalizing even rec- recreational marijuana and more with medicinal marijuana, only two states, uh, Colorado and Washington, have come up with a limit, a measurement of five nanograms of THC to be detected in the uh, blood. And uh, I talked to some uh, real experts in the field, including our own Keith Graves uh-huh. from uh, Graves and Associates, uh, expert in uh, narcotics and drugs. And uh, he he was he gave me this very interesting argument about why he was against the the level being determined, hmm. whether it's five nanograms, ten nanograms, or two nanograms. And he said um, it's not the same as alcohol. It is not water soluble uh in your system it is it still it stores in your fat so uh, different people of different sizes different weights uh same nanogram can mean different things to you 
And um, you took he, away my main talking point. Oh, sorry, <laughs> sorry about that. But I mean, Keith was right on. I've I've done some further research to see that uh, uh, the the experts would rather have the the. I should say the proponent experts would rather have the objective symptoms relayed and articulated by drug recognition experts as de- de- determining the impairment of the driver. Mm-hmm. Now, defenders are going to attack the driver, uh, attack the drug recognition expert on their expertise, on the observations, on their on objectivity, all of it, yeah. right? So in in a very liberal state like California, especially Northern California, officers are going to have a hard time convincing a jury Mm -hmm. that these observations equate to somebody uh, unprepared and unsafe to drive a vehicle on our roads. It it may fly in in more conservative and more um, uh, heavily prosecuted uh, DUIs. But um, in some of the more liberal uh, communities, it's going to be hard pressed. And I think those officers want to see some measurement where it is completely objective and they could point to it and say, look, this is the level they exceeded. Yeah. What do you think? Well, it, I'm, to your point, and it's one that I was going to make, I'll rep- repeat it slightly. Um, the, the same amount of THC level in one person, uh, you could be stoned to the stone age and be practically you know, incapacitated physically mentally just gone and that same amount of thc in a different person they could be relatively lucid and with very little ill effect so i think that it's i see the argument on both sides and i hate having the discussion that i get both views here but i in this case i do i understand police who want to have um an articulatable specific level of thc whether you you know it's five or ten or whatever um and on the other hand i also see graves and other experts argument that you know the the level may not mean much um i think it would be good to have a level because that gives you at least some concrete thing to say Mm. to, to you know and then you have to back that up with again those observations of impairment um, the person failed the FST. I mean, that's that's still a fantastic tool to, you know, especially when you've got your body camera on, you've got your, you know, dash camera on, you've got up, lit up and everything else, and you're doing the FST right in front of the squad so everyone can see the video, and you go, yeah, that, that person was pretty much out of it. And, they, you know, so we have that evidence to back up, but you, you need to have that one thing to take to, to be able to say, hey, look, you blew it too. You blew a deuce, basically, so you're going to jail. Um, you, you know, in order to have that kind of probable cause to no, take... No, I, you know I what I'm totally saying? get you. But I think, again, if you have a, a two as a minimum standard or, or a I'm maximum standard... Equating that to the alcohol DUI. Right. You're then you're going to have the, the defense try to pick that apart, right. that it's, it's inadequate. Uh, I mean, I've seen uh, alcohol DUI drivers say things like, it was windy when you asked me to do these balance tests. Uh, uh, it was rainy. Well, every the, there was the book. there was a slight uh, uh, angle to the to the sidewalk that we were on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I you know I'm not a balanced person. I'm a complete klutz. On and on and on. Um, I think I think there I think it would be good to have some certain standard and then prove that beyond that standard, right? 
is a DUI. Um, as of uh, this, the airing of this podcast, in the United States, where cannabis is illegal in Montana, um, five nanograms of blood, uh, five nanograms of THC in a milliliter of blood is over the limit. In Ohio, it's two. Pennsylvania, it's one. Oh, my. Uh, in states where it's legal, Washington State, like I said, it's five. Uh, drivers with less than five can still be sentenced by driving affected by cannabis. Mm-hmm. Colorado, it's five. States with legal cannabis and without a per se standard. Alaska, there's no no limit. California, you're considered under the influence if you're impaired as a result of marijuana consumption. There's obvious impairment of mental or physical abilities, and you can no longer drive a vehicle with caution of a sober person using ordinary care under similar circumstances. Oregon, uh, it's up to the prosecution to prove, prove the adverse condition. Nevada, it's two. Massachusetts, no specific limit. Maine, it's five. District of Columbia, again, it's up to the prosecution. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it, it puts the responsibility and the burden of proof square on the shoulders of the DRE, the drug recognition mm-hmm. expert. And and so if you live in a state, whether it's legal or illegal, get the training, keep your training current. Uh, don't avoid DUIs. Uh, if, if anything, you should... Um, you know, asked to be assigned to uh, a DUI task force so that you can keep your your standards high. Right. And, you know, it's the drug recognition experts who can, you know, you'd mention it by becoming one and then maintaining that skill. Uh, you give yourself a significant additional tool um, to to enforce traffic stops. And, and, you know, you will recognize the signs of someone on coke, heroin, you know, you fill in the blank, you name it. Um, all of the people who are attempting to drive on these various types of either depressants or stimulants, they're a hazard. And if you have the the training and the understanding of how to recognize that at a traffic stop, it's going to give you, a, hopefully, safer streets in your jurisdiction. Uh, I, I did look it up. I tried to find it. I did not locate it. Uh, if you or I later on could find it, I'd love to you know add it in the text of this podcast. It's unclear as to how many traffic collisions involved a driver with um, excessive THC in their in their bloodstream or under the influence of, of marijuana. It's it's just something that's not really been publicized. As we've had MAD and other you know uh, organizations trying to really increase visibility of the consequences of uh, driving under the influence of alcohol. I haven't seen a lot of research on that yet. And maybe it's because some of these laws are so new and it's not something we've really tracked before, right? Yeah, and I I also think that, you know, you come up to the scene of a a one vehicle accident, the car into the tree, Mm -hmm. person's unconscious, you don't smell alcohol, uh, maybe there's some drug paraphernalia, but but the ambulance takes that person away and that's that. Yeah. Uh, you're you're usually unless you're in a state that really is aggressively uh, seeking uh, to prosecute DUIs, you're not going to follow the ambulance back to the hospital, ask for a blood draw, and then do a follow up. There there is no FST, no uh, field right. sobriety right. test, or anything else to back up your your hunch uh, that somebody's under the influence. So. Yeah. I'd, I'd say that's why numbers are really low. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know that uh, 
the medical community is going to jump in on board and say, hey, we're going to do this test where we're going to draw blood and we'll let you know just as a, a routine uh, follow-up to a collision. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen either. Hey, so we want to hear what you're doing in your jurisdiction uh, with regard to uh, marijuana DUI. Are you aggressively trying to uh, go after these uh, drivers, or is it something that's not really been a high priority for you yet? Uh, send us an email to policingmatters at police1.com. That's policingmatters at police1.com. Thanks again for listening.